welcome to the Higgins House and my mommy's podcast. <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Higgins House. I am here with a dear friend who I've known for many, many years now. I think we're going on our 10-year anniversary, by the way. Congratulations, we made it. Um, I am here with my with my good friend, Tori, and we are going to talk today about parenting unique-minded children. Um, this is a special topic for both of us, obviously, as parents, but we go, this is kind of how our friendship started in the first place. Um, and so I'm going to welcome Tori and let her kind of say hello and introduce herself and who she is and her little family, and we'll go from there. So welcome to the podcast, Tori. Thanks. Um, I'm Tori. I've been married to my husband, Clayton, almost eight years now. Wow. Really? <laughs> I've got three kiddos. I've got Jameson, who will be six next month, um, Stetson, who will be four in March, and Loretta, who will be two in March. Isn't that Holy a fun cow. time? That two-year-old is no, no. joke. <laughs> oh, Lord. So tell us, okay, so she'll be two. So two are in school or just one? Just one. Just one. He, the four-year-old's not there yet. So so backstory, Tori and I actually met um, at camp. So way back when, <laughs> we weren't actually attending the camp. We were working there. Um, so way back when, uh, fresh out of college, I started working at a camp called Karis Hills, which was a, um, church camp of sorts for, uh, children with special needs, primarily autism and ADHD and that kind of stuff. Um, and Tori came on, I don't remember what year it was, if we were the same year or 2014, I think it was. Okay. So I had been, I had done my first year and then she came on as the nurse, right? Yes. And which was wonderful both times that my blood sugar dropped and then when I got stung by a bee, which <laughs> I am allergic to. So, you know, she saved my life twice. Um, and so we, no we, yeah, no bee. So we basically <laughs> lived together for, I don't know, six weeks and, and worked sun up to sun. Six, six to eight, somewhere in there. Worked sun up to sundown every <laughs> night with 50 plus kids and among other things. And really got to know each other. And then I got to know her, I guess, it's her husband now, but I guess, was that your, was he your boyfriend at the time? I don't even remember that far back. Yeah, you're, you're still just dating. I mean, they were basically married, but, um, and so got to, you know, meet him and hang out at her house, which was, I don't know, 0.5 seconds from camp. And, yep. and we got to know each other really well. And we're, I choose to believe we're both a lot of fun. We're both loud and, and chipper for the most part. And we like to bounce around all over the place. And we both just really found a love at Karis Hills and at camp. And it was a place that we both really liked and continued working at for a while. You were there for a few years, weren't you? I ended up living there and, and working there full time. But you had, how many years did you end up every summer? Yeah. It was what, four or five years for you? I only did, I only did 2014. You just lived nearby. So we saw you all the time. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so we met there and then I moved back, as y'all know from episode one, moved, moved here to Sea City um, when Tyler and I got married and, um, and we had not really seen each other for a while, um, kept in, in contact on Facebook and all that good stuff. Um, and now fast forward, 
like she said, she's been married, what did you say, going on eight years? I've been married six. Yeah. She has a six, four, and two-year-old, and mine are, I feel the need to clarify, because in the first two episodes, I uh, did not say my children's ages correctly in either one of them. Zane is four, <laughs> not five, as I stated in the last episode, and Benjamin is two, and Lainey K is eight months, so they are 20 months apart, not 17 months apart. Apparently, I can't do math. Um, That's right. Which is not new information. And so, um, fast forward to now, and we have most recently reconnected based on diagnosis of both of our kids and talking about the hardships that come with that. And then just in general, the hardships of being out in public and people not understanding or knowing our stories or whatever the case may be. And so that's kind of how today's episode started. So like I said, it's uh, today's entitled parenting unique minded children. Um, and I guess tell us kind of how your story started with like for me, and we hadn't really talked about it yet on the podcast. Zane was diagnosed this year. Well, 2022, uh, with ADHD. And when we went, it was really not a matter of if he was, if he was ADHD, it was a matter of how short the attention span was that they were trying to determine. Cause he couldn't even finish going to the bathroom. He would get so yeah. distracted. And so then he was coming back every, like, I don't know, 27 seconds. Like, Oh, I need to go to the bathroom. He went to the bathroom like six times while he was being tested. <laughs> and I told her, I was like, we went to the doctor. He doesn't have like a bladder infection or anything. He just forget, like he just gets distracted. And so tell us kind of how y'all's story, how that kind of all unfolded. Um, so Stetson, my three-year-old, was also diagnosed in 2022. Um, I, I, along the same lines, it wasn't if we were getting the diagnosis, I knew he had ADHD. Um, and I knew since he was a year old, mm -hmm. like things started spiraling out of control he was running around like a crazy maniac all day, every day. Um, so he started doing like crazy things. He would run away. He had no fear. Um, he would leave our home in the middle of the night, like while we were sleeping. And we would have no idea until the next morning. Um, we'd go outside and like the camper door would be open. The car door would be open. There'd be a can of green beans outside. And we're like, what the heck is going on? Um Come to find out, it's our three-year-old. So talk about a mini. We attack. took him, had him tested. Yeah, I've grown <laughs> a lot of gray hairs in the past three years. My hair lady um, is getting a lot, but yeah, a lot of good, good service money from me. <laughs> yeah. So took him, um, like took it upon myself to have him tested, and doctor called a couple weeks later. And I'll never forget the day I was standing in tractor supply, like kind of not really dismissing the doctor's conversation, but I was like, okay, you're calling. You're going to tell me he's got ADHD. I'm, I already know this information. I just need like the resources for it. And I was standing there trying to pick out some dog food. And he's like, your son has ADHD, but he's also autistic. And I just like my heart fell mm. and I was in complete disbelief. I'm like, no, my, my kid's normal. Like mm. he's verbal. He runs around. He plays with other children. He does all of these things. And he's like, you know, no, like this is your kid's diagnosis. Look it up, Google it. And so I did. And 
sure enough, Stetson checked every stinking box on the My Kids Autistic list. Yep. And so things have just like kind of fell into place, I guess, since then. Mm-hmm. Like we understand his brain now to mm-hmm. a certain extent. Um, but that's his nighttime where we are. his nighttime adventures are starting to make sense now. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So how what is that like? So I mean, you and I both had backgrounds in working with kids like you know, of of that nature with those diagnoses. But as moms, regardless, I was kind of the same way. I knew I kept being told he's a boy. He's just three. You've got to let him, you've got to let him grow up a little bit. You know, boys are hyper. And he was my first boy. Like for you, Stetson was your second boy. And so it was like, oh, like in my mind, I also grew up with a sister. I didn't have brothers. So I was like, is this normal? Like, do they always throw themselves off the couch? Like, (laughs) P.S. Yes, they do. Um, But like. I, everybody was, Oh, it's, it's this, it's that. And I'm like, no, no, I was not diagnosed until I was an adult. He is doing things that only he and I do. Like no one else in this house does that, but I do. (laughs) And Zane's was not the check boxes like Zane's. I mean, yeah, he's hyper and he, you know, he moves a million miles an hour, but Zane and I both have those. Like if you ever Pinterest the ADHD to some people looks like this, but here's all the other things that, that you do that might also be ADHD. And it's like random outbursts of rage or emotion or, you know, struggles with this or that. And I was like, we do all of those things. (laughs) Like, Oh, got it. (laughs) And so like for me with, with Zane, I was like, okay, well, he's like me, here we go. Like, let's figure this out. But for you, what is that like with, I know, I mean, you touched on a little bit with the whole disbelief thing, but that process of, of accepting that diagnosis, what is that? And how was that for Um, you and, and Clayton? I mean, in your marriage. So it took me a long, and I say long time. It took me probably like three or four months to fully accept Mm -hmm. his diagnosis. Um, I, it, and maybe honestly, so Stetson does, um, ABA therapy Uh and, uh, wasn't until the therapist came to our home and did our in-home evaluation. And I'll never forget too. She told me she had been at the house for like three hours at this point and just going over things with him. And she looked at me and she said, you know, what was his diagnosis? And so I told her like very specifically his paperwork states, he's, He's very ADHD, but he's high-functioning autistic. And she looked at me and she said, no, he's very autistic. And I think that was my, like, clicking point of two people now have been around my child. And this is their job. This is their profession. And I think that's when it finally sank in. And then her phone call of, you know, Stetson's doing all these things and for his safety he needs almost 40 hours a week of intervention he needs Mm. therapy and that in my brain was like all right like I can no longer pretend like this isn't happening yeah it is happening um my loving husband he was about to say how did he take it (laughs) I think because it took Tyler a while (laughs) yeah I can't really speak for him but I mean he's been so on board of 
whatever this is, we'll, you know, we'll work on it. We'll fix it. We'll, we'll do whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, He's like the calm in the mess Mm -hmm. of, I'm like, our kid has these issues and he's like, it's fine. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, he's the calm. Am I crazy? Yes. Well, and that's like our, so with Benjamin and we haven't talked about this yet in episodes, Ben, Ben is served through ECI for speech. Um, and that has been a significant challenge because he has speech. You just can't understand anything that he says. <laughs> it's just, and at the end of it, he's like, right, mama. And I'm like, I'm afraid to say yes. Cause I don't know what you just said to me. <laughs> and then sometimes he like tonight, he was like, Amma. and he's pointing. He's, I mean, like he'll get his point across. I want a banana is what he was trying to say. But all I was getting was that. And I was like, okay, like I'm, uh, I'm a little afraid, but all of that has led to when he, when he can't be understood and we don't know what he wants, he gets so mad and so frustrated. And so we're still even now kind of in the flow of is because he'll, when he gets really, really upset, he will bite himself. He will pull his hair. And so it's like, okay, are we just really, really frustrated? And, and this is, us communicating that are there some other things you know and I the special ed teacher in me is like okay well here's all these things that it could be it could be this it could be that and Teller's like why don't we just wait and see when his speech clears up if he still does that and I'm like oh okay well that's logical but if you could quit coming at me with logical responses that would be great like I'm trying to fix this problem and Teller <laughs> and Teller was finally like right I don't necessarily think it's something that we are going to fix I think we will provide everything that we can and why are the men always the calm ones isn't that annoying um but but like we will provide what we can and then whatever happens next happens right like it it's it's kind of like when I get frustrated like this house is a mess and Tyler's like well we live here and I'm like okay well could you stop being logical like that'd be great thanks and so right yeah yeah (laughs) Pick, pick a dish, any dish. Um, so what has it been like kind of, because Stetson's not in school yet, right? No. Okay. So I guess I don't want to, you still advocate for your child, obviously, but like we're not on the kind of school level of advocating for him yet. But I know you and I talked about, right. <clears throat> you and I talked about the other day when your child does not look like they have a diagnosis and you are yeah. at target per se and something did not go as planned there's a sensory issue whatever and your kid is losing their mind and you know what's happening but Karen on aisle two does not and you get the judgmental stares or the why is she not just spanking our kid look or all of that so what is I mean like kind of walk us through what's that like for you and in your experiences so a great example, we just recently took a family vacation to, to Disney World mm. and I took a wagon. Wagons are prohibited at Disney World. They do not like them. Duly noted. Um, and I, <laughs> if you learn nothing else from today's podcast, do not take a wagon to Disney World. <laughs> right. Um, so I take my wagon. I'm determined I'm going to take it. And so I get there and this lady is staring at me and my child in the wagon. And she's questioning me. Why, why does your kid need an exception? And I'm like, um, because it has a four point harness. (laughs) Right. He can run away. He throws tantrums. 
when he needs a moment, I have the capability of like putting a shade over him. And she's like, well, why can't I just, you know, give you a stroller that can do the same thing? And I'm like, ma'am, I got three kids. Yeah. Yeah. And I got one that runs away. Like I can't, I can't have, you know, two hands on this stroller, two hands on this stroller and one kid running the other direction, you know? Yeah. So like, that's a fight. Cause she, you know, and no fault to her own, but she's looking at my kid and he doesn't look handicapped. Yeah. He looks like a normal child. Mm-hmm. And she was nice enough. She let us get it in. We had a great week at Disney. Um, but like standing in line and my kid is in this wagon and he's strapped in. He can't get out. He's also got the little like handcuff thing on his wrist to a parent. Oh yeah. Like and the attachment. He- yeah, you know, he's on full lockdown. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we take the stroller, we have a pass to take the stroller through the line all the way down to the ride. And he's screaming his head off. And I'm just standing it is, there. It is no yeah. longer the magic place on earth. <laughs> no, no. And at, at this particular day, he had been screaming for almost like four hours. And nothing was calming him. There was no, you know, like, we have fidget toys, we have the iPad, we have other things to calm him and nothing was working. And we're standing in line and these people are staring at me and I can just feel the glares and the judgment and everything just burning holes through my skin. And I'm to the point of tears. Mm -hmm. My kid won't stop crying. I'm trying to enjoy the most magical place on earth and my kid is making it the most unmagical place on earth. It is no longer magical here. (laughs) And I actually had a worker stop me because I had on the side of his wagon um, a little thing that said, I'm not misbehaving. I have autism. Please be understanding. Mm-hmm. And he stopped me. Oh. You know, thank you for publicly announcing that your kid has a disability. And I'm like, okay, you know, why? He's like, we have so many people who come in here and they lie and they cheat the system. And I'm like, I'll let you take him home. Yeah. You want to trade for a a hot minute? Like, yeah. Yeah. But it's just, it's hard. It's hard to know that. And even people who are family or close friends who know Stetson's diagnosis, but don't really see the bubble that we live in, Mm -hmm. their judgment is, it's hard. Yeah. And you try to explain like he's throwing a a timber tantrum right now because the sky is blue. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sorry. It's the wrong shade. It was sky blue yesterday and it's not today. And I don't know how to fix that. Right. It's, it's, there's no fixing it. Right. If if you're a mom of an autistic kid with ADHD, then you know, exactly like Mm -hmm. there's no fixing it. Well, and there's no, like, there's that, there's no fixing it. But then for him, there's also that fixation of he's worried about the sky all day long. Like, all day long. There's no, like, we could draw it out. We could write a poem about it. It's still not blue the way he wants it to be. And his little brain has not figured out how to process that yet. And that, that is one thing that we've talked about so I'm, I work for our co-op and I'm an art facilitator, but I'm also the behavior, behavior interventionist for some of our campuses. And one of the biggest things I try to explain to people is the younger they are, that we can help them learn how to cope, not to get over it, but how to properly, one, vocalize in whatever capacity that they can, 
vocalize the the issue, whether they draw it, play it out with a you know whatever, because obviously age and and cognitive ability all that plays a role. But like the earlier that we can get those interventions and help them with that, the easier it is when they hit puberty and life changes or when they get older. It doesn't mean it's going away. It's still hard. But it's like I right. try really hard to hone in on those younger that 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 younger group of kids because the earlier we can intervene and help them, the more time we have. It's easier to teach a kid who's four until they're eighteen than it is to grab them when they're fifteen and they've not learned that yet. And now yeah. I've got three years left to maybe teach you not to hit or not to you know whatever the case may be. Um, and then, right. like you said, unfortunately, our kids don't look the part, if you will. And so one day when they're adults, if something really big and drastic happens and law were to be involved or anything like that, they don't look the part. They don't, right. whatever they do, they're they're just like everybody else on, on the street, right? Like, yep. And so it's like trying to advocate for your kid and make sure that he knows, which I mean, you're doing, but like in the long run, it's terrifying because it's like, I'm just trying to parent much less parent all these other things. Like, right. Like there's parenting and then there's parenting 2.0. Like <laughs> and well, and so, parenting a normal child and then parenting mm-hmm. a neurodivergent child, like uh-huh. yeah. two totally different things. Yes. Like still, and like I got, Yeah, no, well, and it's like, it's still hard, like not, that doesn't mean motherhood's not hard for everybody, but they're different, there's different versions of hard, like there's different things that you even experience that I don't, I mean, like, yeah, Zane throws fits and gets annoyed and frustrated, but he's also usually overstimulated, but it's like, how many people in our world know what overstimulated means nowadays, like there, now there's all this vocabulary too around special education that a lot of people just don't understand. And so it's like, why is he throwing a fit? He's overstimulated. What does that mean? Like, tell him to get over it. Like, (laughs) you know. Right. And so it's like, it's not, it doesn't work that way. You can't just, like all of our kids, we've, we've talked about over time. Spanking our kids is absolutely pointless. I'm not against spanking. I'm here for spanking. I'm here for not spanking. I don't care. This is not a podcast to tell you whether or not to do that. But for our children and the way they think, Zane, you could just think that you might do it and he'll lose his mind because, you know, he's dying. Benjamin would probably hit you back, to be honest. He's he's the middle child through and through. But also, but at the same time with his speech, it's like, okay, you just hit your brother in the face with that toy. So I'm supposed to hit you back and then tell you not to hit him? (laughs) Like, that's not logical, right? Like, and Lainey Kate's a quality combo of the two of them. And so I don't know how that's going to go. She's already trying to climb out of her crib. So I'm a little nervous, but it's just like finding the happy medium and other people in the world, moms specifically, for whatever reason, moms to moms are the hardest on each other. Right. Like when you're in Target, yeah, there's people that look, but you'll always notice it's the moms who also have their kids. You either get the mom who's like, my kids are strapped in. How can I help you? Like, what can I do for you? And they go like above and beyond. Or it's the mom who's like, 
my kid doesn't act like that. And I'm like, I bet he does. I bet he does on your way to McDonald's for your organic lunch. Okay. I bet he does. And so it's like more than anything, I just hope that anybody, but moms specifically remember when they are out and about, we all at one point in time said in our lives, my kid will never do that. At some point in our, at some point in time before we had children, we either saw it on TV or we saw it in the store or we were at the park or we were whatever. And we all at one point in time in our lives said, oh, my kid won't do that. I promise my kid won't do that. I promise all of my kids have done that. All of them. Whatever it was, I promise they've all done it twice and looked at me and were like, take that mom. (laughs) Like it's just, we, instead of all the, everybody judging each other, it's just like pick a mom, love them and just go about your day. Like, exactly. and remember my, my mom used to always say, everybody has a story. And so it's like a lot of times if like, if we're in a store, because let's face it, we do have children and they do ask questions and they don't have filters. So it's like, you're in target and you're trying to be kind and respectful and have grace and you know, and all that, not look or stare or anything. But your four-year-old is like, mom, what's wrong with that kid over there? <laughs> I'm like saying, shut yeah. up. And so I, you know, what we always say is he's having a rough day today. And then when Zane has rough days, we point that out. Like we, you know, and so we've tried to foster that conversation of, oh, he's having a hard day right now. Yes, you're right. And so is his mom. And that's okay. Like, because every time that happens, most of the time, whether anybody's staring or not, we go home as moms, regardless of if your kid has any kind of special need, your kids throw tantrums. At the end of the day, you get home and you kind of feel like a crappy parent. Like my kid, it's fine, honey. I got groceries, but you know, he screamed through the whole freaking aisle seven. Yeah. Like, because I wouldn't pick up the brownies and you know, my kid doesn't need a diagnosis to do that. He's just two, but it's like, you get home and you're like, I'm exhausted. I'm emotionally exhausted. I'm tired. Like, could we all just behave just like just one day, just pick a day, any day. Can we just all say, okay, mom, at everything that I say (laughs) and it not be, I know, but, and it not be a battle, but like, I feel like we all at some point in time, and if you haven't yet, you will go home and just think, dang, (laughs) like it's hard. And, and I told Tyler, I said, sometimes I look up into the heavens and go, uh, why, 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 why? Because I question why uh-huh. I did this multiple times a week. <laughs> daily. It does not change. I question my love daily. For my kid. <laughs> yes, exactly. I love my children with everything that I have, but there are days when I sit to the point of tears and I'm like, why did I do this? Mm-hmm. Why did I sign up for this? Well, and I have days that it's like, I'll say, why? why did God set us up this way? And people will be like, well, you know how, you know what you have to do to have kids. Yes. I am aware. I have four children and that they're back to back mm-hmm. to back. I, I got that. I, but if God didn't want me to have these specific four children, I would not have them. Right. Like if I wasn't. And so sometimes I have to remind myself of that. It's like, okay. And I, we talk about this in episode one, there's what was it? 13 point, 13.8 billion women in the world. And God chose me to raise Berkeley, co-parent Berkeley, raise Zane, Benjamin, and Lainey Kate. He didn't make a mistake. He knew nope. he knew that I needed them and they needed me. 
And so that's what I try to remember on those days. It's like, okay, today was a day. Stetson struggled today. I'm struggling today. You know, baby's sick. This with that. I need groceries, but we're not going anywhere. Chicken nuggets for everybody. Yeah. Like, but but at the end of the day, it's like I have to remind myself, okay, but you picked me. You picked me. And this is my battle. And I mean battle may be the wrong word, but like this is my battle that I'm that me and Tyler are doing. And yeah. and there's a reason for it. And part of it for me is the podcast, is to bring my experiences back here. And have conversations like this with you where we're able to say, this day sucked. (laughs) I don't like my kids today. Like the other day I told Tyler, I was like, I don't like our kids today. None of them. Not, not a single one. I don't like any of them. And he just looked at me and I said, I love them, but I don't like any of them today. And he goes, well, what did Lady Kate do? She can't even talk yet. And I said, she pooped. That's it. She just, she had a blowout and that's not her fault, but here we are. And so it's like, it's okay. It doesn't make you ungrateful. It doesn't make you a bad mom. It doesn't like, it's okay not to love every second of it. And And that's honestly, and I know I've shared this with you mm -hmm. recently, but like hearing that exactly is what I have been needing, Mm -hmm. not realizing that's what I've been needing because People tell you we're your village, we're your whatever. My village is but not big enough. <laughs> I need right? a bigger. I need a bigger village. <laughs> village isn't a it big enough, or b they still don't understand mm. to the full point that they you need them to understand. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. And like my motto in this season of life is, I get five minutes to shower. I may fall apart for mm-hmm. five minutes, mm-hmm. and then I'm not allowed to fall apart for another forty eight hours. I gotta, I gotta figure that out because my kids just keep getting in the shower with me. So I gotta find a new location to fall apart because <laughs> the shower you stopped working it. for me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can lock it, but then you got Benjamin. <laughs> I'm like, okay, yeah. this is no longer peaceful. <laughs> but so, and we're kind of going into this. The other thing I had on my list for us to talk about is motherhood in general. But for you specifically, obviously, your motherhood journey is different than others. How does motherhood affect your mental health? Oh, gosh, a lot. (laughs) I did not. So kind of little like small tidbit backstory. Um, Had Jameson. Things were great. Lovely. Um, We got pregnant and we had a miscarriage with our second baby. And that was hard. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize that losing a baby at eight weeks gestation could mess with you so much. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got pregnant with Stetson and things seemed great. They seemed wonderful. Um, went through a great pregnancy, but after having Stetson, I went almost 10 months without being diagnosed postpartum depression. Mm-hmm. We talked about um, that in episode one. I went a year. Yeah. And super raw and vulnerable. This isn't something that I share with very many people, so feel privileged. But um, when Stetson was almost 10 years old, I contemplated taking my life. Ten months, and that, when he was 10 months old? Yeah. Mm. 10 months. And, and that's hard. That's hard to admit. Um, 
but things were so bad. I was still in a bad place from a miscarriage. I was in a place of bringing home a baby that I wasn't connecting with. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a great baby, but I was like, you know, he's here. Mm-hmm. At night, I would just stick a bottle in his mouth and a little pack and play next to me. I, I wasn't bonding yeah. with him. Mm-hmm. And so like finding out Seton's diagnosis flooded all of that the cherry on top yeah it just like flooded all of those mental health things back Mm -hmm. and although I'm doing okay today Mm -hmm. like talking to you like I'm doing great Mm -hmm. but it's still hard not to say did I do this to you yeah did I you know did I neglect you for almost 10 months and and create is that the reason you are yeah and so like it's hard um like having a, a five-year-old who's a loving, thriving, mm-hmm. perfect little boy and then having Stetson who's great. He's, you know, he's perfect in his own little way. And then having a baby and they're all exactly two years apart. Mm-hmm. I'm going crazy. Mm-hmm. I understand <laughs> like, that. I understand that logic <laughs> very much. In in the like polite terms of it, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a walking side case. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> Well, and that's what, like, so, and and I've shared this, but, like, so I had Zane and had the year of of undiagnosed postpartum, and I literally, like, I remember, so I think a big part of it that I didn't think it was postpartum, and it's not his fault, it's just the way it worked out, Tyler had already had a kid, and at 18, for that matter, so, like, Tyler had kind of already lived this whole life and was like, let's take him home, like, I got, we got this, like, and I'm going home, like, what am I doing, like, there's not a manual for this thing. You just want me to take right. it home. It's not a plant. Like I can't take it home, water it and hope it lives. And let's face it. The only plants living in my house are fake. Like <laughs> what, what do you want me to do? And I remember even in the hospital, like we had already pre had the conversation that I wanted to breastfeed and that I, it will be hard. Like I had already accepted the fact that like, it's obviously a learning curve. And I told Tyler, I said, I just need you to if I'm wanting to quit, I don't need you to push me to not quit, but I also need you to not just let me be done with it. And like, and that's just strictly based on what I wanted to do. Um, I'm here for however baby is fed. I I don't care. But so we went home and he didn't latch and it was this whole thing. And I remember I had to use the stupid little nipple shield thing and well, it kept falling off and I would get mad at him and, and I almost like, I never like threw him or anything, but I would like fling him around because I'm frustrated. And I remember Tyler just being like, like, <laughs> catch the baby, catch the baby. Like, and, and so like, it kind of started there. And then I had decided, you know what? He just needs to be fed. Like I, he just needs to eat. So I became a pro at pump and feed and proceeded to do that with all of my children. We latched in the hospital and that was it. We came home and I pumped and fed and I was a pro at that and collecting the milk and freezing it. And to me, that was better for my mental health because I think with Zane, I spent so much time. He never, like the first week of his life, he stayed the same weight. He never lost weight, but he never gained weight because he wasn't latched well enough to get milk. And that's how the whole pumping thing started. And so it was like, I put all that on myself. And then I was mad about everything. And then postpartum hit. And then we had a miscarriage. We didn't have it at the same time. But you and I, right around the same area, we had, our, really we had our miscarriage also. 
Um, and then, then I was diagnosed with the postpartum. Then I started counseling and it was still even like a year into counseling. Benjamin might've already been here. I honestly don't remember, but I remember I had finally established like this, this really good relationship with my counselor and I was having these good conversations. And I finally remember saying like, I need to say something and I need you to not panic because I, I know that it is your job if I vocalize something to like call for help, right? Like, you know, and so I'm like, I need you to let me say it all the way through. She was like, okay. And I said, I just want to know what it would be like if I was not here. I have no plan. I'm not, I'm, I'm not like hoping to not be here. I just want to know, like, would everybody still be okay? Like, would they be good? Yeah. Would, because right now I feel like I don't need to be here. And I just want to make sure that they're going to make it if I'm not. And so it was like, yeah. I, I never hit that point of like a plan or anything like that. But it was like, I legitimately wanted to know, like, they'd be okay, right? Like, because what, what good am I doing right now? Right. I mean, I'm doing the basics, right? You're fed, you're clothed, you're changed. Tyler can do that. Like the basics are done. And so one of the things she said to me though, is she said, it's okay for you to think about that because it allows you to remember one, that you're human and two, that your job of what you're doing means something. If you removed yourself, things, not, not emotions, but like the jobs that are done for your children would be affected. And so it was like, it was like my bounce back, like, oh, like if I wasn't here, would Tyler remember where the grocery list is? Like all those things that I already do, he would make it. Yeah. But like, I take care of those things. That's my role that I, that we as a couple have chosen, you know? And so it was like, okay. So then it was, we knew together, I could safely say, I am in a place that I, I want to know what it would be like if I was not here. And then we would just work through that of, okay, so what are the big stressors right now? Is it, you know, is it Zane? Is it potty training? Is it your marriage? And, and we never have really been in a bad place in our marriage, but we've had to really figure out how to communicate because I am a very quick, I either want you to read my mind and know exactly what's happening up there <laughs> or I yell it like, it's like, okay, well, then I'm annoyed that you didn't get it. So now I have to tell you all about it. Right. Like, like, could you please just read my mind and be done with it? But Tyler, my husband's literally sitting here staring at me laughing. like you are the yeah, person. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what my husband also is, is Mr. Non-confrontational cough, cough, oh, yeah. cough, cough, Clayton. Yeah. And, and <laughs> so he, and so like, it's not in his nature to push it. If he asks me what is wrong and I say nothing and roll over, he goes, okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> and so it's like, I'm laying there and then I'm like, <sighs> with no, like no concern and, for why you're breathing heavily. And, and he's like, do you need something? And I'm like, no, it's fine. And inside I'm like, would you freaking ask if I'm okay? Like, and so my counselor's like, you know, you have to tell him like you, he's not, he can't read your mind. And I'm like, well, why not? Like, can we stop being logical right. again, please? And so with postpartum though, you know, that wasn't an experience that he and Jade went through when they had Berkeley. And so it was very unfamiliar territory. But then because of my, AD, my ADD, ADHD, 
And I already had, and you probably saw this like when we back then, those random bouts of emotion, whether it be anger or, or whatever, I would yeah. have like that. I call it my adult tantrum, but like <laughs> he's used to that. Like I've, I've ruined relationships because of that, but I didn't know that's what it was. And now Tyler's like, okay, well she's in a tizzy and she'll get over it. And I'm like, this is why I married a non-confrontational individual. He's not going to argue with me on it. <laughs> but then we come back and he's like, you're worked up over nothing. Like take a breath, yeah. calm down. And so with postpartum, I don't think he could always tell. Like, is this Andrea being ADHD and having moments or is this a, a mental health thing? And so when I first went to the doctor, I went to a new doctor and took their little survey, you know, of like, how's your mental health? And I'm like, red flags <laughs> everywhere. Like, it's like, pew, 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 like <laughs> abort mission. And, uh, and so when they, they, we did try a one medication and I told them I was, I don't even remember what it was, but I said, I'm willing to try this, but if I'm not comfortable on it, I'm not going to take it. And I, I, but I will continue counseling. And so that was kind of like the agreement that my doctor and I made because he said, you, we need to do something. We're not in, we're yeah. not in a good place. We need to do something. And I didn't like the medicine. And so I, I followed all the rules of, you know, coming off of it and all of that. Um, but going into it, it was like, I don't think it was eye opening for Tyler until the doctor was like, I need to make sure that you understand you are the closest one to her. So when she starts taking medication like this, you are the one that's going to recognize if it's helping her or not, or if it's doing the exact opposite. Right. And so yeah. I think that was his first sign of like, Oh, like we're dealing with, I need to be watching for those kinds of things. And the doctor was like, yes. And that was when it kind of like clicked for Tyler, whether she's medicated or not, there are times in her mind and in her heart and in her body that she doesn't want to be here. Like, yeah, I love my children. I wouldn't change it for the world, but there are days that I'm like, I'm good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere else and not, yeah. and, and not like to get a pedicure. Like it's, you know, and so, and that's the hardest part though, is there's so many women. I've had multiple women message me and are like, are you doing an episode on this? And I am, this one kind of turned into it, but, but like, nobody talks about it because for whatever reason, I don't think that it's even the world. I think over time we think that we're bad because of it. Like we think that we think that by vocalizing it, people either one are going to think we've lo totally lost our minds and need to be put in a psych ward or two, like somebody might take my kids because they think I'm this or that, or I'm just a bad mom because I feel this way. And that's just not it. That's no, there's this, everybody around you like you you carry this baby for nine months you spit it out and everybody around you is like oh it's the happiest time of your life you've had a baby no, it's you know not. you're taking this baby home you get to sit and cuddle it all day no it was it's, not it's not that it was not for me <laughs> and it the people that if truly when they say like oh it's been great you know like i brought this baby home and things have just been perfect i envy you yeah, totally. Do you have a maid? That's not. Like, did somebody move in with you when you went home with your kid? Because that's not what happened for still us. Trying to figure out how to get a nanny, it's not working. <laughs> <laughs> We've been denied. <laughs> well, and yeah. so and so that's kind of that was the the kind of final thing that I was going to touch on was 
motherhood in general on your mental health. But then when you add in, you know, a, a unique minded little one that, that thinks a different way and doesn't think like you or, or in my case does think like you or whatever the case may be. My hardest days are Zane's hardest days because when, when Zane is overwhelmed, I am triggered by, by Zane when he does things that I also do. (laughs) And so it's like, Zane is our emotional, every emotion is at like level 100. If he's excited, the world is having a party. And if he is not, the world is dying and it is over and he can't stand it. And it's, he's on the floor and it's a whole thing. And so it's like, when he does that, I'm like, for the love of God, like it is such a trigger for me. But then I'm like, okay, but see, you're just doing the four-year-old version of what I do when I'm overwhelmed or overstimulated or whatever. Yeah. And so like, I have to step back and remind myself, like he's literally just doing what you do in a four-year-old version. And, and which is easier said than done. Yeah. And you know, it's frowned upon to drink a whole bottle of wine after each fit. So, you know, uh, you got to find more productive ways to handle it. <laughs> and I mean. I'll let y'all know when I figure it out. I'm not there yet. Me and the, me and the wine are still doing great, but that I think that's the biggest thing. Motherhood in general plays a huge toll on your mental health. But when you add in that extra factor, I can imagine. And I mean, like your, your life's different than mine too, obviously, but it's a whole other, whole other ball game. Completely. How do you feel about when Stetson's going to go to school? Is Stetson going to go to school? Oh, he is. He is. Yeah. Uh Exactly. I we tried, tried to I try to never assume some people want to go that route. We tried. I quickly realized that my mental health, uh-huh. my kids need to be at school. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think he, I, honestly, I think he's going to do great at school and structure. He, he's like mentioned, he does ABA therapy mm-hmm. and he does clinic therapy. Uh-huh. And so he goes to like a school like setting mm-hmm. all day, every day. And he does so well good he most of most of his triggers and stuff like that are at home yeah and he's so smart and he takes medication to help slow him down so we actually see that he's boy genius uh-huh. um because he is but I have like no reserves or um I guess like ill feelings about him like we're already talking about putting him in pre-k in public yeah. school next year and getting ready um, I think for it's going to be great. Well, and I think it helps yeah. too. Y'all are in a smaller area. Yeah. It's not like a big Metroplex school no. or anything like that. <laughs> that that's right. Another, that would be a whole other ball game. Yeah. But so does he still leave the house? <laughs> um, no. Have, have so we minimized we have, that? You and I never finished that conversation that night. We have quite the um, amazing barricades that he there you go. has to try to get through. Um, he's no, he's, doing really well about running away. We've kind of mastered that through therapy. Our mm-hmm. newest thing is we try to get knives in the middle oh, of the night Yeah. and open anything, eating food. Mm-hmm. Like that's our biggest challenge right now. I walked into the kitchen the other morning and my bar stool was in front of the refrigerator with a butcher knife oh, great. and a, the jug of milk. And I'm like, son, I had no idea you were awake for one. Like mm-hmm. how long had you been awake? Right. And we're Playing with butcher knife. Yeah. 
Um, and the things that you don't have to think about with quote unquote normal children. Yeah. Like, and for those of you who are at home in a full fledged panic, this is her life. <laughs> like this is, she's being very honest with you. Don't freak out. Like this is yeah. a regular, well, and like Benjamin is, is very, because of the speech, he's very, very resourceful. He's very, very crafty. And we learned a while back, maybe it was, I had COVID and uh, I was probably August. We were all at home and he was sitting on the counter because I was putting meds in, you know, the little weekly pill caddy thing. And I had everything set out and I had all of them locked. Well, he just had one of them and he was shaking it and it was locked. And so I was like, okay, I'm standing right here with you. Well, then all of a sudden pills go everywhere. And I was like, oh, I must have not got that lid on all the way. Okay, cool. Not a problem. Picked it all up, closed it, went about, you know, he picked up another one to shake. I'm still standing there fully, fully supervising the situation. And it happened again. And I was like, okay, but I haven't touched that bottle yet. So that's kind of weird. So then I gave him another one and watched him open it. I watched my two-year-old open the child-proof medication. And then I was like, okay, cool. Let me get the one that you have to line up the arrows, like, and pop it, you know. And then, like, here, Mom. Like, it's candy. And I'm like, okay, so time to make sure the medicine cabinet is all up, like newly yep. noted. Because then I'm like, Tyler, if he can open those, he can open bleach. He can open, you know, any anything he's not supposed to. If he can open that, he can open this. Well, then it's like, any, where's Benjamin? It's too quiet. Where's Benjamin? Zane, standing in the middle of the dining room table. Why is that a location? Like, why? And so it's like all these things that it's like, we don't typically tell these stories because you can't oh. always say the butcher knife story or the pill bottle story or the bleach bottle story because people panic and think that we're not, you know, watching our children. But the reality is right. when your child thinks differently, things like this can happen. And it is a constant fear every day of what my super resourceful kid is going to get into. It's like, I can't tell you how many times going through the evaluation process to get him a diagnosis uh that telling the doctor when he would be like, so does he do this? And I'm like, please don't call CPS on (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you, but I need you to know. (laughs) Right. It's not for lack of better parenting. Like I I'm all for allowing my kids to be natural consequences. You know, I'm here for natural consequences. Yes. But so like, also don't chop off your finger. But like you said, I could be standing in the same room. Yeah. And he does something and you're just like, how? Uh-huh. Why? Yeah, yes. Or also another time that I look up into the sky and go, this better turn into some kind of great skill of his when he's an adult, because right now he's scaring the crap out of me. <laughs> yes. And you know, like, okay. So as a mother, you should never have to fear going pee. Right. You would think. And yet. And yet. (laughs) My child is going to prove me wrong. Uh Uh-huh. I, Retta was a week old. Mm. A week old. So Stetson was 23 months. 23 months. I walked into the other room to go pee. To. Hoping for the best. Yeah. Right. Mind you, I had just had a baby. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to do all the things. Um, I come back out, my child is gone. 
mm. missing. I panic. Naturally. Okay. Um, he had, in the time that it took me to go to the bathroom, he had made it across three cattle guards oh at 23 months. All the way over to my parents' house, which you know about my yes. parents' house and kind of how we live. We all live on a compound. We all live on the it's same like- land. <laughs> he didn't cross yeah. a busy street or anything. <laughs> no, it's not like he, you know, right. Think West so Texas people. <laughs> but still, like, why? Yeah. Well, that's, Why did he feel? I'll never forget. I was putting laundry away. And I was like, okay, like. Ben's in there. He's watching Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I'm going to put laundry away. And I come out and. When you come down the hall, there's windows that look out to the front yard and the porch. Mind you, we do live in a neighborhood. And I'm coming back down the hall, and I look up, and Benjamin's on the porch. Like, I can see him through the window outside. And I'm like, first of all, how did you get out there? Well, turns out Tyler, when Tyler left, he thought that he had closed the garage, but there was a box had fallen in front of the sensor, so, like, the garage didn't close all the way. Ben just opened the door and went outside. Just want to go play on the porch. And I'm like, so there are days that it's just like, we're we're just trying to survive people. Like we're just trying to survive ourselves and survive our children. Like, yep. And sometimes I think it's, I think that moms are afraid to share these kinds of stories because they're very real, but, but it's just like you said at the doctor, please don't call CPS. Like, Right. This is reality. Like, it took me two years to tell anybody that Zane fell off our bed once. Like, uh, as an infant, well, like, do what? Like, it's the mom shaming. Yeah, and we do it to ourselves. We you shame know, like, ourselves, and then we're fearful of what other people will do. Right. How did I let my almost two-year-old make it that far, mm-hmm. you know, like, I immediately beat myself up, let alone the other moms who hear the story that are like, I could never. Oh, I'll send him home with you. Yeah. You want, <laughs> let's test it. <laughs> you let me know how long it takes before he yeah, runs away. <laughs> Do you have cattle guards? It will slow him down just a smidgen. Yeah. I mean, and people, God bless the people in our life, mm-hmm. like our church family, our friends. Um, Stetson has flooded our church. <laughs> Curiosity <laughs> killed the cat. Struggle he us. wanted to turn all the water on in the bathroom and he flooded it, you know, and <laughs> that's, how, that that's how, you know, you go to a good church full of, of people who are full of grace and forgiveness. <laughs> like <laughs> exactly, And they do, they love him so much. And, you know, we call him our little stinky because he's a stink. Um, he's but little, everybody, he's just, the middle child. He does something at like, you know, church or, somewhere and people are like oh thank you wings here and I'm like <laughs> sorry about that like <laughs> it just it is what it is at this point <laughs> oh my gosh well before we end let's do I always ask whoever's on for like their top tip um so for you what are two just I guess tips that you would have for moms one from a raising raising specials kind of input what would be like your top thing that you that we as moms that are raising unique little ones need to remember um never say never and give yourself some grace mm-hmm. and for me give the people around you grace when you're at walmart yeah. and the kids are throwing a fit i don't care what the family looks like i don't care 
if they look like they live in the fancy neighborhood or if they look like they don't, no matter what they're doing or who they are or what they look like, remember that you do not know their story. You don't, you don't know what that mom is going through or dad or whoever's with them. You don't know what those kids are facing. You just don't know. And maybe one, maybe one, one mom at a time will stop, (laughs) stop shaming each other. (laughs) We can only help. Yeah, for real. So thank you for coming. I'm going to pray for us real quick and then we'll be all done. All right. Heavenly father, I thank you for Tori and her story and everything that she's able to bring to the table with her experiences and, and to offer for other moms in the world who are raising special littles. Um, and I thank you for her children. I thank you for each and every one of them and the uniqueness that they bring to her and to Clayton's life. Um, and for our kids and, and the uniqueness and fun that they bring to ours. And I pray that any mom that needs to hear this story and feel revived and feel important and like they matter and that it's okay that the hard things are happening, that they hear this episode and are encouraged by it and um, just know that they are not alone on this journey. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right. Thank you for coming. Absolutely. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.